Hey everyone, Saltgrass Steakhouse is now open in Mishawaka. Wrangle up the crew and head down to Saltgrass Mishawaka for an unforgettable experience. Sink your teeth into mouth-watering char-grilled, certified Angus beef steaks. Sip on ice-cold craft cocktails. And don't forget to try the famous Spicy Range Rattlers, all made daily in the Scratch Kitchen. Start making delicious memories at Saltgrass Mishawaka, 5126 North Main Street, across from Lazy Boy Furniture Galleries. Dine with us today. Budweiser's weekday sports beat continues on Sports Radio 960 WSBT, WSBTRadio.com, the WSBT Radio app, and on Twitch as Darren Pritchett talks Notre Dame football recruiting with Blue and Gold Illustrated insider Mike Singer. And you can also find our conversation on the Blue and Gold YouTube channel. We would love for you to subscribe to the Blue and Gold YouTube channel and also like the video as we talk some Notre Dame football recruiting with Mike. 17 commitments in the class of 2025, and we're still in February, Mike. This is remarkable work by the entire Notre Dame coaching staff and Chad Bowden on down the line. But Matty Augustine is the latest an offensive lineman from Connecticut. Yeah, really interesting prospect there. And um, listen at 6'7", 265. He told me that uh, he played his junior season at like 275, 280 on the gridiron. And then he actually like gained 10 pounds or so during his basketball season. He was like, man, I swear we run less in basketball than in football practices. So um, that's Notre Dame's third offensive line commit in this 2025 class from uh, Greenwich, Connecticut, Brunswick School, uh, joining Owen Strebig and Will Black. So usually, Darren, offensive linemen are like Notre Dame's first commits. Like those are the guys who commit right away because it's like the lowest drama position, and those guys just tend to commit earlier. For whatever reason, Notre Dame – it took until December for Notre Dame to get their first offensive line pledge. Will Black um, committed to Notre Dame in December, and then you had Owens, and then the dumbest started falling. Owen Strebig announced, um, you know, his or he made his silent commitment probably sometime in January, then announced it in early February, and then like the day before Strebig announced his commitment, uh, Matty Augustine told Notre Dame, hey, I want to commit. And then, you know, 13 days later, he announces his commitment to Notre Dame. So the Irish go from zero offensive line commits to three uh, in just, you know, exactly two months, I, I believe, maybe a little less than two months. But um, so yeah, another really good one, Matty Augustine, um, you know, I, I, he, the, Darren, you're talking about three, six, seven offensive linemen, six, seven plus. Will Black might be closer to 6'8". Uh, it's a really impressive group. I think Matty Augustine might be the most versatile of the group with his basketball background. He's a really good hoops player. Um, I think that he could be someone that would slide inside potentially of this group. If you had to make me pick one, I might say Matty. But, I mean, he told me that Notre Dame's talking to play him at tackle, which is the same case with Strebig and Will Black. So really good group for, for Notre Dame. And I always say it's a lot easier um, you know, when I say I always say this is what I've been told. It's easier to slide offensive tackles inside than you know, move a guard to the outside. So Notre Dame, you, you want to load up on tackles and move some guys inside. And I think 
you know, even Matty Augustine could do that. And at 6'7", that's possible. I mean, Josh Lugg, I think, was 6'7", 6'8", and he played on the interior of Notre Dame offensive line. So it's not always about height. It's about some of the athletic traits and, and whatnot, if you can play on the inside, if you can if you can bend low and, and you know, do all those things. So, uh, yeah, it, it's another really good pickup. He's a three-star right now. Um, I wouldn't really be too worried about the rankings. On three is actually updating their rankings next Monday, so I'm really fascinated to see where where um, Matty Augustine ranks in the update. Because uh, I don't believe on three has done their uh, their their last 2025 rankings update was early in the fall, I believe. So, I mean, it was a close battle between Notre Dame and Wisconsin. This is someone who uh, Notre Dame really wanted for quite a while. Joe Rudolph offered him after seeing him in person at a camp in South Bend. Last June, so he got that offer. Notre Dame-Wisconsin battle. If, you, if that's a final two, then that's probably a pretty darn good offensive lineman, Darren. Um, so the Irish got this one done. Marcus Freeman was a huge part of this recruiting process. Matty told me that he really loved Wisconsin. Um, you know, the, the city of Madison is amazing. Like he was in awe of that program and, and that you know just town and everything about that university, but. He told me that Marcus Freeman told him a story of back in what would this been early twenty December twenty twenty or January twenty twenty one. He had to choose between going to LSU as defensive coordinator. Um, of course, that was before Brian Kelly left. That was the season. That was the season that Freeman was defensive coordinator, or, or go be the DC at uh, you know in, in South Bend for the Fighting Irish. And he he chose hard and and picked Notre Dame for you know what it can really do for him and. Maddie said that, you know, kind of stuck with him. And I say choose hard. That's kind of Freeman's mantra, right? Like you come to Notre Dame, it may not have all the glitz and glamour, um, but what it can do for you after football, that really resonated with Maddie Augustine. Um, and he's close friends with a lot of Notre Dame commits. So all in all, Darren, I'll stop rambling, but uh, I think it's a really good pickup for Notre Dame. I, I think he's a versatile offensive lineman, great athleticism, really good upside. He's, you know, six seven again, maybe two eighty five right now. He's going to be one of those six seven three ten three hundred fifteen pounders uh, in no time. He, he's he's definitely got pretty high upside. First off, with all those six seven offensive linemen, this is not the place for five nine quarterbacks, to say the least. And you know what I love, Mike. And again, I've been here for twenty five years, and I am not even a recruiting novice, but I just listen. And maybe this is recency bias, so, so bear with me. But I just don't ever remember consistently recruits always talk about the head coach. Even a guy like Matty Augustine, who's an offensive lineman, he could have mentioned Rudolph and Denbrock, which he probably did in the basis of conversations. But all these guys seem to always have a thought or a story or something involving Marcus Freeman. Yeah. And that's just not something yeah. I'm used to. Yeah, I've told you this story before, uh, you know, back in, I think this player's in the 2021 class, he was committed to Notre Dame, walks by Brian Kelly, and, you know, you ever walk by someone there, and I'm sure you do in the in the press box, where you're like, I know who that guy is, but I don't really know, I'm just going to give him that little nod, and and you move on, that's what Brian Kelly gave this recruit, just that little nod and, and move along, like, I think I know you, but I don't really know for sure, so I'm just going to keep moving it's a committed prospect to Notre Dame and Brian Kelly didn't even give him the time of day. Like the kid was visiting and they didn't even like Brian Kelly didn't even talk to him. That think about that compared to Freeman dominating these recruitments. 
And one other thing before we move on to the Notre Dame's other commit, we're going to talk about that the Irish landed just a couple of days ago. Um, you know, Freeman, he's so involved with all the recruits, and so is Chad Bowden and others in the recruiting office. So when someone like Chris O'Leary goes to the pros, these safeties who are committed to Notre Dame who are considering Notre Dame, there's no drop-off. And that's not an indictment on O'Leary. It's all about, oh, man, my position coach left, but I know D.C. Al Golden. I know Chad Bowden. I know Dre Brown. I know Marcus Freeman. These guys are all still here, and I trust them to do the right thing and go get them, the great coach to, to coach me. Now, it's Mike Mickens, who it looks like is going to be the safeties coach, so those guys are already familiar with Mickens, so that helps. Um, and that specific example, but that's probably there. And if you're going to ask me for my favorite thing about covering Marcus Freeman, that what they do, it's having so many um, coaches or staffers involved with the recruitment so that if one person does leave, Love it. there's no big deal. As long as Freeman's there, and I'd probably even throw Bowden in that too, but really as long as Freeman's there, it, 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 this, this operation's a well-oiled machine. Chad's worth every penny. He's Mike Singer, Notre Dame football recruiting insider, Blue and Gold Illustrated, blueandgold.com, or on the Blue and Gold YouTube channel and on WSBT Radio. Last week, Kyle Kelly filled in for you. He told us about Elijah Burris, the first wide receiver commitment in the Notre Dame 25 class. He now has company as Sean Terry picked the Fighting Irish this week. Yeah, it's a lot of fun to watch. Uh, 5'10", 165 pounds from Southern Ohio, um, Ironton. A three-star prospect, but uh, for folks watching uh, this on YouTube, you're going to watch this film, and uh, it is a lot of fun to watch. I mean, the first play, I mean, he breaks several tackles and, and jukes out a lot of guys. So I don't know about the competition level that he's playing, um, but this is, for me, a, 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 you, you, you take this young man all day long. Uh, offers from Michigan, USC, um, Penn State, I believe, some big-time programs after him. And Notre Dame was the one that he really wanted. So he visited campus January 20th for that junior day, got the offer that day, and it was really commit watch from that point. Um, and, look, Notre Dame is off to such a hot start in the, in the class. you got to think, like, if you're a Notre Dame coach, like, man, how many guys can we take? Because they're in such a good position with so many players. Um, so I, I think the staff kind of you know, figured out what it wanted to do with its 2025 board. Uh, and then said, yeah, sorry, let, let's do this thing, and I think he was ready to commit. So he committed on Sunday. This was not one where you had a ton of heads up, right? Matt Augustine announced, what, a week ago, hey, I'm committing on February 20th. This, this was not one of those. This was a kind of one of those out-of-the-blue ones, even for us. Like, we only learned about it at Blue and Gold Sunday morning, um, you know, a couple hours before he announced his commitment because it was just like, boom, 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 let's get this thing done. A lot of times, again, you'll call Freeman and commit, and then you announce like a month later or a couple weeks later. Terry didn't want to waste any time. He got that thing announced right away. Um, so, again, someone who wanted to be at Notre Dame, bad. there wasn't a ton of Notre Dame needing to recruit this kid. He knew where he wanted to be, and that was Notre Dame. Darren, I, I'm excited to hear what you think about him as you're watching this tape because, I, yeah, just get the get the ball in his hand. He's fast. He is fun to watch. It's not a highly ranked receiver class right now in uh, Sean Terry and Elijah Burris, but uh, these are two of my favorite receivers that Notre Dame's landed in recent years, and I love all of the guys they've landed pretty much. Um, 
and Mike Brown offers. Both of these guys offered by Mike Brown, not Chancey Stuckey. I love his acceleration, the wiggle he has. I mean, this is a guy, wouldn't it be fair to say, Mike, he could help you in the return game very, very quickly at Notre Dame? Yeah, absolutely. And look, what he's doing at the high school level, he's not going to be able to do this at Notre Dame. I mean, some of this stuff is ridiculous. You're not going to do this at that level. Um, But if you can even do a little bit of this at Notre Dame, just like you get the ball in his hands and he just outruns everyone and has that wiggle – um, yeah, we'll, 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 we'll take that and be happy. And Notre Dame, it's shaping up to be a big-time receiver class for Notre Dame. Two commits already, Jerome Bettis, the son of um, Jerome Bettis, still looking good for Notre Dame there. And then uh, Derek Meadows uh, and then uh, a young man named Raiden Vines-Bright um, from Arizona and currently plays at uh, Bradenton IMG Academy. Uh, those are two to keep an eye on there. So we could be looking at Darren potentially a five-man receiver class if Notre Dame just gets the guys they want. Uh, you know, could be a really good one for uh, Mike Brown. Man, this guy's a fun watch. <laughs> I could watch this for another 20 minutes. Very impressive. And if you're listening on the radio right now, go to blueandgold.com and check out more on Sean Terry, the latest wide receiver commitment for the Fighting Irish. Mike, it's really interesting on social media. There is so much positivity from Notre Dame fans when it comes to content you produce on Deuce Knight, the 2025 quarterback commit. A couple things I want to get to. First, Under Armour highlights that you've had a chance to, uh, to check out. What stands out about Deuce in this highlight package? Yeah, I'll touch on real quick. I got to interview him. Um, so I want to go to that before we talk okay. about the Under Armour thing. So I interviewed, excuse me, I interviewed Jerome Bettis Jr. because um, he was also at the camp, and then I walk over to Deuce, and he's being interviewed by an Alabama reporter, and I'm catching the end of that interview, uh, you know, a colleague. So you know, I stick my recorder in there too, and Deuce is asked about if he's going to take visits to other schools, and the reporter's kind of like really wanting to <laughs> see, like, not like pushing the envelope, but kind of, you know, like really trying to see, like, I'm not going to take that first no for an answer. Like, I want like, do you really have interest in visiting other schools? Quote from Deuce Knight. No, I'm going on my OV, stands for official visit, to Notre Dame June 14th to 16th, and I have a spring visit too, and that's about it. And I was like, okay, like, Deuce, there was like a moment there where it was like, man, Alabama's pushing, and, you know, uh, you know, Kalen DeBoer's got family connections to Deuce Knight, having coaches for other Indiana, and Deuce Knight's uh, like football idol right now is Michael Penix, you know, this big time lefty quarterback who was his coach at Washington, of course, Kalen DeBoer, uh, but things are looking pretty good for Notre Dame, um, you know, after that. So in terms of the highlights, Darren, um, so this is, this is what I want to talk about. With CJ Carr, Notre Dame's quarterback signing in the 2024 cycle, a lot of the takes on him especially from the on three national uh, you know, evaluators was he's super polished at the camp setting, but they didn't love him as much on Friday nights compared to the other top quarterbacks in the country. For whatever reason, you'd have to ask them about that. Deuce Knight, I get the opposite vibe. At the camp setting, this is not like his ideal thriving scenario. He has not – he's not a super polished quarterback at this point. 
he's a total ball of clay, which Notre Dame absolutely loves. And he looked good, um, but, again, a ball of clay. He, I don't believe he's had, like, a quarterback trainer, like a private quarterback coach. He's just playing a raw ability and athleticism. Um, so you throw in, Darren, I forgot to include some story. I hand-timed him running a 40-yard dash. And remember, he's just finished basketball season. I don't know when the last time he's even tried to run a 40 was. And this was hand-timed, so take it for what it's worth. A 4.62. Okay. At like 6'4", 195 pounds, a 4.62 with that context is crazy. Like that's just natural. I'm just going to get up out of bed and run a 40-yard dash. And he runs a 4.62. I mean, for folks watching on YouTube, he looks the part. I mean, he, did, did he miss some throws on the day and, you know, was out of sync with some of these receivers who didn't even know their name? Sure. But, like, he he's a fascinating prospect. And going back to the whole camp setting thing, Darren, again, I got to see him at this Under Armour camp in Carrollton, Georgia, uh, where there's a lot of other top quarterbacks. There's a really good quarterback group. What he's best at, it's the Friday night stuff, like getting outside the pocket and running um, and just being dynamic as an athlete. He can throw from inside the pocket for sure. He's not a one-trick pony where he just needs to run and you know scramble and make something happen. Um, but, you know, that is definitely something that he's very good at and separates him from some of these other quarterbacks. So to kind of recap this, Deuce is a ball of clay, I'm texting with Notre Dame sources while I'm at this thing, and they're like, listen, when he gets to Notre Dame, that's when you're going to get all of that coaching and development. He's not someone you're going to want to play as a true freshman or maybe not even uh, as a sophomore. I mean, maybe. We'll we'll see. But, you know, you you develop him at Notre Dame. He's not going to come in with bad habits, right, because he doesn't have, you know, you know, the private coach down the street's been teaching him how to do this for six years. Deuce doesn't have any of that. And you just get, like, this, the arm strength, the athleticism, the size. Uh, I mean, the sky's the limit for Deuce Knight. At the end of the day, how many stars these guys get don't matter as soon as they arrive on campus. I'm just curious, with a guy like Deuce, he's going to be a four, a five-star quarterback. Does it make it difficult, for example, like the on-three evaluators, to put a star by him knowing he may not be ready to play the first couple of years, but you're projecting his development and what he might become once he gets to Notre Dame? you see where I'm going with that? Yeah, Darren, we probably would need 10 to 15 more minutes on Fair that. enough. But listen, I'll, I'll be – because – I. If I start to kind of give some thoughts on that, it would just make a lot of people upset. Yeah, then don't worry about it. But I'll do it. I'll do it anyways. I'll do it anyways, Darren. <laughs> so on three, when they rank someone a five-star, they see them as a first-round pick. So a lot of – like, that's kind of how they grade. They grade towards the NFL draft. People are like, I don't care about where they're going to go in the draft. I care about how they're going to do in college. That's what the ranking should be. So my, my response is the best players in college – what happens, Darren? They get drafted the highest. Like, I mean, it, it's more of like a benchmark of if you were a five-star, how do we determine if that ranking was a su- success or not? Do you do it based on stats? Do you do that based on accolades? Yeah. If you're going to do that based on stats or accolades, then 
there's a whole hell of a lot of excuse me issues with that compared to you got drafted in the first round. That must mean you were a pretty darn good talent. So with Deuce Knight specifically, he might be someone you're looking at like he's got all of the measurables and intangibles to be a first-round pick. Like that kid is just going to his senior year, and he, he looks like that, and he can run. Um, and like his frame, Darren, he is – he's got giant hands. Like everything about Deuce Knight screams like future superstar. Very good. You handled it very well. At 15. Does that make sense? Did I explain that well? Yes. No, I like it. Okay. No, absolutely. All right, we'll do the war and peace version of that answer at another time on a rainy day, okay? There you go. All right. There What's happening at blueandgold.com right now? A lot, Darren. I'm swamped. I, have, I just got back from vacation. So much work to get done. Uh, you know, Notre Dame picking up, what, three commitments in the past nine days or so. Um, could the Irish have more around the corner? We'll have to see. Um, but, uh, yeah, definitely a busy time at blueandgold.com uh, in our audiences. Uh, use the promo code UND1, and uh, it's just a dollar for your first two months if you're a new subscriber, so please do check that out. Check out Mike and the crew at blueandgold.com. Mike, thank you so much for the information and the visit. We'll talk to you again next week. All right, sounds good. Thank you, Darren. That's Mike Singer, the Notre Dame football recruiting insider at Blue and Gold Illustrated, blueandgold.com. We have more Budweiser's Weekday Sports Beat coming up next on your home of the Irish Sports Radio 960 WSBT. Hey everyone, Saltgrass Steakhouse is now open in Mishawaka. Wrangle up the crew and head down to Saltgrass Mishawaka for an unforgettable experience. Sink your teeth into mouth-watering char-grilled, certified Angus beef steaks. Sip on ice-cold craft cocktails. And don't forget to try the famous Spicy Range Rattlers, all made daily in the Scratch Kitchen. Start making delicious memories at Saltgrass Mishawaka, 5126 North Main Street, across from Lazy Boy Furniture Galleries. Dine with us today. 